Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It's a town full of losers and I'm pulling out here to win, everybody. Welcome to the Football Ramble. The 2028 Euros are heading this way and Eden Hazard's retired. It's Wednesday, 11th of October. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Pete Donaldson. I'm Jim Campbell. And Richard Hunter-Raja. Hi everybody, it's a wonderful Wednesday here on the Football Ramble. Bit of Bruce Springsteen to start the show, Jim, don't pretend you didn't know. I, I didn't. Um, but See, it's nice you're still going. <laughs> uh, thanks to Nick for emailing us today's intro line. You can choose the intro line for next Wednesday show. Just shine up, shine up, shine and up, and sign up, shine up straight up and fly right for crying out loud. <laughs> the football Apple patron using the link in the show description. Marcus, I can't get the Paul Russell song Boothang out of my head, yes. and it's been in there for three days, and oh, I was very unwell yesterday, that. and I could not sleep, and all I could hear is that fucking song going round my head with that riff from. Best of my love. I just cannot. I don't know the song. Stop. I don't know the Is artist. As soon as you hear it, and it will a, never get out and of your head. At times, yeah. Peter, I feel like I don't know you. I think, <laughs> I think you just have to listen to it. Surely, purge it. Yeah, they, they, it? Say, they say that when you kind of um, think about a song too much, because you haven't listened to it enough. Right. Because it's like an unresolved puzzle. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah. See, I get this about um, twice a year with thong song, as we know. <laughs> so you just wear a lot of thongs. Pain. Oh, yeah, exactly. You that's how, that's how you go through it. Every time yeah. Jim puts them on, and you put one pair on for about six months, don't you? Yeah. Yes, I do. Yeah. So, yeah, it all makes What's sense. What's getting dirty? There's no fabric. It makes Come on. sense in the end. What's getting dirty? Jim's parties. <laughs> <laughs> like to refute uh, Jim's that. party is getting dirtier. <laughs> <laughs> ah, 
<laughs> Talking of dirty parties, we're hosting the Euros. Come yeah. on. It's official. Yes. The UK and Ireland 2028, baby. Oh, I'm so looking forward to the international press getting the whole UK and Ireland thing all mixed up. Yeah. And upsetting a whole lot of people. Order your flares now. <laughs> them up your asses. I'm starting to feel like my entire life. Jim, that is... was a nice callback, wasn't it? To it, the flare up the bottom? It, it, I don't bottom, think it was yeah. even a callback. It was simply a reference and it was it's, appreciated. It's it's probably, it was a call to arms. It's it's really He's probably got a better job than us now. Call to bums. Yeah. <laughs> you were going to say something perhaps well, sensible. Well, mm. I don't know that it is going to be that sensible, but I, I'm just starting to feel like my entire life might just be Euro 96 nostalgia. Mm. I think it's right. just never going yeah. to stop because we've got, we're have got we going to have waves and waves of it now. Now, we've moved on. We've got five years. We've moved on from Euro 96 now. I'm quite I'm quite. I bet happy. we haven't. Yeah, I we bet have. we haven't. I bet you... We're doing the Beckham documentary in a bit. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll have uh, two, year 2000 nostalgia where we were all scumbags, it seems. Mm. Can yeah. we get... Um, can we get one of those gigs like those comedians who you never really seem to see on stage who are always talking heads in those kind of nostalgia pieces? Yes. Right. Yeah, Premier League years. Pete well, Donaldson. Yeah. Channel 5, thank you. <laughs> yeah, we are, you see. £200. £200. <laughs> An hour Didn't or the flat fee? Flat fee. Didn't flat. get the repeats. How many times have we got to tell you? I know. When they say £200, it's not a flat fee. <laughs> Every hour you're in there. Uh, yeah, but it, well, it's happening. Um, UK and Ireland will host uh, the Euros in 2028. Of course, uh, none of the host nations will be given automatic qualification. That is a blow for mm. some of for four of the five countries <laughs> in that is it, equation. Is it, is it, is it is kind it, of like... Yeah, that's a dig, fish. <laughs> no, but, but it's true, isn't it? And it probably because England pulled rank and said, yeah, we don't actually, you know what, we'd, yeah, we don't want to just have a freebie we want to work for yeah. well, it's fine. and then they, well, looked around right, at the yeah. other, they looked around at the other nations and went that's what we're going to do and the Scots immediately went well we'll do that as well then <laughs> and then everyone oh no and it's all a bit do you remember when there was the CEO, CEO of the identity theft company in America and he was so confident of his own product he put his social security number on loads of billboards around America Silly, and he instantly instantly no 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 a different guy but he instantly got his uh, got got identity theft thieved like 13 times oh, and like yeah. it, just, it, just, it was just a bad idea maybe that's what he wanted I just think we're going to be Hoisted by our own, yeah. We think we're not going to qualify. We're, we're, we're due and not qualifying. Yeah, aren't we? exactly. It's been a while, yeah, and yeah. it turns out Sean Dyche's England don't make it. Twenty-eight. <laughs> well, yeah. So England, uh, they rejected the chance for automatic qualification, of course. Um, however. Um, it, it, it is said that uh, UEFA will keep two spots open in reserve to any who fail to qualify. That's embarrassing. Now, as you know, what does that mean? Two doesn't go around five no. when it comes to places, yeah. does it, Jim? So if more than two teams uh, fail to qualify within uh, the UK and, and Irish uh, teams, uh, then uh, the, uh, the, the, the teams with the best records in the, in the campaign will make it. It's not so, really a backup spot. There's not a random backup spot, so, is it? It's just literally taking two spots taking off of two someone spots. else. Yeah. yeah. So one thing that I will look forward to is uh, is Ireland, Northern Ireland, Wales, and Scotland getting behind England in that qualification because yeah. that will help them out if England qualify. Of course, <laughs> yeah. And I've already dis- disrespected all the other nations. Jim, can you be Tony Blair in this equation? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's all going to be great. They're all going to qualify on merit, uh-huh. and um, we're all going to win the tournament. We, we are shared it five would, ways. Yeah, mm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Good. What, what do you think the, about the um, the split of the stadiums? Because it's inevitable. I, it is. I I'm gonna put this out there. Go on. I don't think Wembley should have the final. After oh, it, after I like it that. was yeah. naughty last time. Yeah, well, Completely though, agree. you were at the final and you claim nothing happened, don't yeah. you? You repeatedly say it was all made yeah. up nonsense. I was, I was all, also, all I, a load of woke nonsense. I was, also, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was also at the final and told by people who were affected by it that something did happen. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. Uh, I, so, are you basically saying because Wembley misbehaved last? No, time? I, I just think just move it around. Yeah, I agree. Great. 
In terms of attendance, though, we obviously Wembley is the biggest. I think there's a strong argument for it. You want the most people possible to see the final, and also, and they're letting lords for free anyway. So exactly. Are. Yeah. I mean, and also, you know, <laughs> learn from your mistakes. And Wembley has very much said, "Yes, we've learned from our mistakes." Aren't they going to spend like a hundred billion quid on security, reinforcing yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. we've and put a lock wrong. on each door. Uh, oh, well we've got to lock the round of applause. But, but it's basically impossible, isn't it, because of the way they've built up the area around Wembley Stadium. Right. So, because they have those flats there that yeah. people live in, right? Yeah, you can't you can't, you can't do, stop what, people from. Yeah, you, so you right. can't. So, so basically, other it, Champions League games. I mean, I appreciate there was an it was an absolute shit show uh, when Liverpool played Real Madrid in that final in in, in France, mm. uh, in the Stade de France. But uh, yeah, they were, you were meant to have in other stadiums. They have a sort of what they call like a sort of a defensive ring around the stadiums because a lot of stadiums are outside of a city or, yeah. or there is whereas Wembley was quite congested. But yeah. you couldn't do that in Cardiff. <laughs> you kind of central. It, it? Right, exactly. I mean, well, you couldn't do it in St James's Park either which no. is one of the host uh, stadiums I don't think well. that's going to be hosting the final <laughs> no I don't think so either but they Old are Trafford that's, that's in a good uh, nick now isn't it it's not one of the yeah <laughs> funnily really enough maybe they'll get some really embarrassing funding. for United that it's that it's not in the final 10 surely well yeah. I don't I mean how hard did they did they go for it I mean well, it's, it's probably actually quite a good thing because it's, it's yeah well, there's, that's one thing did they really pitch for it um, but also like the Etihad is just a bit of a wake-up call. Yeah. Well, so the, the reasons they've given, to be fair to them, are that they can't guarantee that it will be available because redevelopment work sure. is scheduled. But yeah. yeah, I mean, a part of me looked at it and thought, well, blimey, you know, some of these stadiums aren't complete. You know, the Everton's new stadium, for example. You obviously have the one in, in Northern Ireland, Casement Park, and a lot of controversy around that, and I'd encourage anybody to do their reading on it. Um, but uh, elsewhere, you know, you look at one or two, and you, you think some of the great stadiums... Uh, that, that with seeped in history that we have in this country, and you think, actually, okay, St James's Park's there. Obviously, well, Wembley's still a new stadium, I suppose. But the Tottenham Stadium's a new one. It had sort mm. of fairly new. Some might argue that, well, come on, that, uh, there's been enough sort of recent history you could argue yeah. there. Um, but there is not there, isn't it? Which Amphil's is a shame. Not it's something to do with the pitch dimensions, I think. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps they didn't want it. I don't, you know, I mean, it, it, there's all these kind of things. But the, but England have um, six. Uh, uh, of the stadiums in, involved in the Euros, of course, and then you have uh, one in um, each of the other countries, you know, in, in Dublin, Belfast, in Cardiff, and in Glasgow. Hamden's always going to get the nod. I mean, the only country, the only other country you would say perhaps could host more than one game would be in Scotland, you know, where Ibrox or Celtic Park could be yeah. used. That is in the same city, and they tend not to like that. Because I was, yeah. I suppose, because, I mean, you've got two in, in not just London, in, sort of the, in the North London area, you know, with Spurs and Wembley. Well, three if you count Wembley. Oh, sorry, I thought you included the Emirates as a the, potential. But they're they're not, they're not, they're oh, I know, but yeah. I thought you were talking on a wider sense. About no, I'm the uh, ones that obviously should have been chosen. I know this is, I know this Since is. Sincel Bank was a bit of a swerve, I thought. Yeah. <laughs> I know this Weird. is an unwise thing to do, Jim, nowadays, but I am just sticking to the facts here. <laughs> okay. Uh, and what is going to actually happen. But so I think this, that's probably it. But we know the 10, and, uh, and I, I honestly think this. This country in Ireland, it's it's a great, you know, it's, it's small. You can get around. I mean, we'll have, well, we don't we don't know about that. Well, HS2 will be finished by then, <laughs> yeah. won't it? Hopefully, you'll be yeah. able to get around. So that will get you to Villa Park. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if you're yeah. playing at Wembley and at Villa Park, <laughs> you you won't believe how quickly you'll be. You'll be like being to, in Japan. You'll be able to watch the first half of one game at Wembley, second half at Villa Park. Yeah, jobs are good. Uh, but I, I'm I'm very pleased to see that this is going to be the case. Harry Kane's already said that he um he, you know he's got unfinished business and he wants to yeah. uh, be still around playing, have the kind of longevity that Messi and Ronaldo have had in their careers, and clean up when it comes to Euro 2028, Jim. Yeah, I, can I just say, doesn't it make more sense to just do the whole thing in London? Yeah, I thought that. Yeah, I thought that. It's Jim, better, Jim. Have better, we not? I, like, because it's better than the rest of the country. Mm. 
Um, I mean, we, everything costs more, so you you get you know fewer undesirables come in. <laughs> and, the, and, the money, the and the money, and the money circulates as well. Exactly, you spend yeah, more yeah, money, yeah, exactly. you get more money, and they'll so. get some. They'll get some money elsewhere. Yeah, it'll trickle, 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 trickle down, trickle, trickle, trickle down, down. Yeah. Exactly. exactly, trickle up yeah. the country. It's a powerhouse up there, isn't it? Powerhouse. No, I agree. Is anyone still listening? Is anybody still out there? We've disrespected everyone. Sorry, you were going to ask me an actual question. Actual question. We we need some production for the actual question. Yeah. I suppose there is a concern that as these tournaments are being handed out, you know, Italy and Turkey in 2032, um, there's big chat of 2034 World Cup that's mm-hmm. going to go to Saudi Arabia. There's a talk of a last minute bid between Australia and, and New Zealand. Yeah. But the concern is that it seems to be you're only getting one bid now uh, for these tournaments. Yeah. And I suppose the concern with that is that if the bid is maybe not up to scratch or it's perhaps a controversial bid or there's any controversy around it, da, 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 you want the plethora of choice. You do, but bids cost a lot of money these days, don't they? And then and we don't have all that voting bollocks and so on like <laughs> we used to do. But also... Um... Um, FIFA and UEFA and everybody sort of involved in the governance of football is is making a big point of how they want tournaments to be in places that are essentially ready to go in terms of hosting them mm-hmm. um, to replenish the, the coffers after yes. um, the pandemic. Because mm-hmm. obviously nobody suffered more than the, the football associations. No, so, no that, that's always, <laughs> it's always the case. There's um, also the thing you got to remember about like the various legacies of, of other mm-hmm. nations that yeah. have hosted. The, the white elephant stadiums are something that they want yeah. to sort of stop doing. Yeah, I, well, I think particularly that, in South Africa. So. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, but you're basically talking about Blatter's policy of like saying, right, we're going to go around. Obviously, with the Euros, it is just in one continent, but we're going to go around the continents, and it, it has to be in this one, and then it has to be in this one. Right. Okay. Because yeah, you're yeah. then taking the pressure off and say, right, like you used to, who fancies it? And of course, if there is a bid from a part of the world which has not hosted a World Cup before, as we've seen <sighs> in recent years. Uh, and they're ready to go, then that would probably be more attractive. Mm. I understand the corruption and da 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 da. But I suppose the big question is um, Euro 2028, Vish, uh, who do you fancy for it? Us. Yeah. What a stupid question. Harry yeah. Kane's already said we're going to win it. The actual question answered. The actual question answered. <laughs> yeah, a, a very rare thing nowadays. Um, so England back to back Euro winners then. Well, you, you think about it, he, um, you know, he'll be in his prime. As he said, he'll be on a par with Messi and Ronaldo. Yeah. It'll be in London, the whole thing. So he'll know he knows London well. And also yeah. next, next summer it's in Germany. Well, look where he is. Yeah, yeah. it's a home tournament for him. It's embarrassing. Yeah. It's embarrassing it's for everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Don't show up. You know what? Don't show What's up. The point? Don't worry about it. Just, just leave somewhere it. Else. It is leave expensive. It. I'm, I'm Save it yourself is, the yeah. money and the effort and the humiliation. Just yeah. don't come. That's yeah. the spirit, isn't it? Don't come. Twenty twenty eight. Don't bother coming. Is that global? You're Britain? not welcome. Is that yeah. global Britain gym in action? <laughs> Sadly, I think it is. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> Euro twenty twenty eight. Get out of the way. Yeah. Just get- <laughs> coming through. <laughs> we're coming through. We're coming through. Don't bother. England's coming through. <laughs> right. Well, that's that chat. That's that side. Yeah. Oh dear. And should we turn our attention to? Uh, some football, that's, some international football that's been played this week. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow evening, big one, Spain hosting Scotland. Mm. Yeah. Come on. S- Spain seem unnaturally angry about this. They're one. really upset. I don't they? think that Scotland are going to qualify. Has Scotland been putting haggis in their uh, paella or something? Is it? No, you don't do that. You oh, know what? That would be delicious. Oh, I can't eat the hell out of that. Come on. You, 
You're doing it again. You don't even this is, know this what, is what you're happened doing to Jamie you're Oliver. Doing. He basically went, you know, chorizo sausage, really nice, isn't it? So much. And I like that. paella. I, I think that would make sense yeah. to put it, and they all well, it's kicked very, off there. Very rich in fats, rich in kind yeah. of like yeah. nice. Mm. And then people say, oh, but what if we put like bacon in a in a in a Sunday roast? And you go, it's not a bad idea, isn't it? Yeah. So <laughs> someone, uh, the Herald, the Herald, I, no idea is a bad idea. The Herald Scotland has made uh, not only a haggis paella, patatas. <laughs> Patatas Bravas Heart. There you go. There you go. And finally for now, I'm Bruce Sangria. Yeah. You can't <laughs> argue with that, Jim. You That's cannot argue well with that. Well done, Herald Scotland. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, they, yeah, they're going to qualify for Euro 2024 if they beat Spain. I, I think they're going to do it. I think you this do. is, I think it's going to oh, be a famous. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, can you, you really think they'll get a win? I think Rodri's yeah, right. okay. so angry that. I was caught up in a whole Euros hosting qualifying like you know euphoric moment mm. there, and then when you when you literally said, "Are you sure they're going to win?" I have suddenly thought, mm, "Probably not." Well, I mean, they can if they can lose, and uh, Norway can be Cyprus, and then they just need uh, Spain to. <laughs> <laughs> win, or, win or draw against Norway on the weekend. So that's, that's it. Oh, so they could qualify this weekend. They're there. Do or die. They are there. I know, much. but have you heard what they're saying, Spain? I'm... They're livid. Yeah, that's I don't true. know they get so angry. Yeah. Accused... I thought we thought it was the bulls that were the angry ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rodri, um, is there any country we're not going to disrespect today, do you think? <laughs> no, it's Euro. Who won the Euros? We're just leaning into stereotypes that we all enjoy. We own the Euros. We're going to put the Euros in the British Museum. Next up, Wales. That's where it belongs now. Yeah. You didn't even win it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so R- Rodri, of course, when, when Scotland beat Spain 2-0 back at March, Rodri accused Scotland of playing rubbish football. Uh, and then he since doubled down, as we're told to nowadays, you know. <laughs> he literally he, he did not back, back down. down. Double dude. <laughs> yeah. He was like, what are the Scots saying about this? He saw <laughs> Limmy and he went, oh, okay. He said, the match in Glasgow was very rare. They were clinical with their shots and we weren't, which is unusual. It was one of Spain's worst games in recent times. Do we want revenge? Yes. But that's, so that's quite a diplomatic way of saying what he said after the game. Yes. Yeah. I wouldn't say that's doubling down. No. That's, mm. that's quite a plateau-y thing. Yeah, but know? he's still angry he's... though, which was what Jim's yeah. original point was. Uh, and he'll be fired up for it. So yes, I think I think Spain will be... Uh, looking for that revenge. I mean, I can't remember the last time Spain wanted revenge against Scotland. No, Jim. It's, it's a strange one, isn't it? Uh, but it also it puts Scotland in a really interesting position mentally, doesn't it? Because um, they don't they don't really have to win, do no, they? No. Because the odds are stacked so heavily in their favour that they can probably play with a bit of freedom that they otherwise wouldn't, which it gives them such a huge advantage. It does, and I think that that is the beauty of how their campaign has gone when you have to win it um, when when, when a campaign like goes so well you know losing your toughest game on paper is not seen as the the damning thing you know if you're scrambling for points you think oh bloody hell we've got to go away to Spain and get something any team in the world would find that a tall order for crying out loud yeah again you don't go into it going ah it doesn't really matter let's just put our feet up lads but Scotland have been so effective and so good in this qualification campaign they are pretty much there. I mean, only, um, you know, uh, McGinn said, you know, only our wee country could mess it up from here. But the way they're playing is, it would be madness if they did mess it up as well. (laughs) And they've got Scott McTominay, Peter. He scored two goals for Manchester United at the weekend in injury time. Uh, And it was needed. (laughs) It was needed, yeah. (laughs) It was needed at that point. Yeah, he, it was a great moment, I thought. Yeah, he won't be able to get on the end of any Harry Maguire assists, of course. No. Um, <laughs> I think Harry Maguire's done enough for the Scotland team of late. Um, but he is a second top scorer in Euro qualifying with six goals ahead of Harry Kane, Erling Haaland and Kylian Mbappe. Only Romelu Lukaku has scored more. Nice. And I tell you what, 
what that means is if he goes to Saudi Arabia at some point in his career, surely, like Mitrovic, you know, top scorer at uh, Nations League, they'll have that up top we'll scorer in the Euro yeah. qualifier. Is he a misappropriated striker? Are we learning this now? Yeah, it could be the case. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a bit um, James McFadden, this, isn't it, Vish? What a player. Yeah, because McFadden was not starting that many times for Everton at the time. I think he was sort of in and out, and McTominay's been the same at Manchester United. But when they went and played for Scotland, they would get the goals. I'm saying that Scott McTominay's going to score the only goal of the game from 25 yards. A la Scotland v wow. France in Paris. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you remember that one? Nicole Landro tipping it um, into the roof of his net, yeah. Um, the, the McTominay thing is very interesting for Scotland because there was a stage where he was playing for United in midfield and was playing and then playing for um, Scotland as part of the back three. Yeah. He's now not playing for United in mm. midfield and he's now playing as a more advanced midfielder. <laughs> yeah. He can do but it, it all. Yeah. Well, he's, as, I, as I've always said about him, he's so versatile. <laughs> he is versatile. So misunderstood. Where do you think his best position is? It clearly is in midfield. I genuinely, I genuinely don't know. It is in midfield. It's not a deep midfield um, because his passing range isn't quite there. He was going through this weird phase of never being open. I don't know if that was a deliberate ploy in that, like, mm-hmm. just don't give me the ball. Yeah. You know, like if one of us played in, in a proper Premier League midfield, we'd mm. try and hide. <laughs> It looked a little bit like that. <laughs> yeah, okay, right. Um, but is, but I, I think it's also down to the fact that if you look at the players Scotland have brought through and the way Clark's playing as well, mm. it's just a bit more engaging and yeah. it's a bit more back and forth. So it suits someone like McTominay who's got legs and yes. likes to put himself about. You know, we've got big John McGinn there. Ryan Jack's not playing because he's injured. Uh, Kieran Tierney's injured as well. Mm-hmm. So there were a couple of people. I, I didn't realise as well, this, you know, related to Pete, but they're trying to... Tw- um, twist uh, Elliot Anderson's arm well they, they've been doing this for a while but Elliot Elliot Anderson went up to train with them I think yeah and I think he then was he umming and ahhing or he left the camp or something and basically Steve Clark turned around and went well if you're not interested then see you later pal well, we see, want people who are completely committed well, so Clark went on the record I think in a press conference recently um, and said look um, he's got a big decision to make yeah. like, we would obviously pick him but he's got a decision to make so yeah, okay. they're putting it in his court but it was a factor coming into this I mean, you know it's a, you only really know, as with Che Adams, like mm. qualify for it and then see who's interested. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. Harvey Barnes, another one who's eligible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, thought, I mean, that would be a coup, wouldn't it, if Scotland could get him? Um, Is it because Newcastle's closer to the border? What could, be. could be. Could right. be. Um, we know so much about domestic geographical politics, don't we? I, I, <laughs> We're so across yeah. it. I do. Yeah. You Londoners, though. Mm. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, Scotland, yeah. So uh, will they beat Spain? Will it even matter? Mm. We don't know. Uh, tonight, though, Peter... Wales versus Gibraltar. Oh, I never think of anger, Rodri. <laughs> <laughs> Gibraltar, thoughts? Hey, they should get hey. a game for Euro 2028. That, that would annoy them. Um, do you think The Rock can beat Wales, Jim? I don't think The Rock can beat Wales, no. no okay. It's a really interesting one to book in, isn't it? It is. They were annoyed recently at having to play a friendly, weren't they? Because of that strange situation where... Wales. Where Wales were, yeah. When there's a set of qualifiers, if you, for some reason, only have one due to a quirk of the calendar, yeah. you have to play a friendly mm. on one of the other You days. have to play and Belgium. they were really angry about it. It's like they've booked a sarcastic one in response <laughs> to that. It's like, all right, we'll play ah. fucking Gibraltar then. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't have to. Yeah, no, it's fine. We're playing soccer raid. Yeah. <laughs> all right? <laughs> Do they play? They play on a side who they just think, yeah, fine. Like they'll be able to just wave them through passport control easy. Um, Where are you playing it? A League Two ground? Yeah. Rob Page is like, I, I don't. I, give me a game where I don't have to turn up to. That's basically it. Yeah. Yeah. They're playing at Wrexham's uh, racecourse ground. Um, it's only the second international game to be held there 
in 15 years. Mm. It was quite a popular spot, wasn't it, Wrexham's ground? Am I right in saying for many decades ago for, for Wales games? But anyway, but Ray, uh, Rob Page is expected uh, to bring in um, uh, uh, Charlie Savage uh, to make his first start for Wales. Nice Robbie Savage see. has got a call-up as well for this one, I believe. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> be nice. Yeah, indeed, yeah. Um, 50 Cent uh, has made his uh, foray finally into uh, mm. Welsh football, sponsoring a Welsh under-14s football team. Mm. Who will provide some of the Wales team for that game again? No, they're not going to. He's a very adult rapper, isn't he? Yeah, he's not one under 14. Yeah, it's become a really strange kind of badge of honour amongst entrepreneurial types, isn't it? Right, to have to some sponsor. sort of Welsh football involvement, it would seem. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, because of, you know, because of what's happened with Wrexham. Yeah. People just see it as like, oh, that's cool. I'll just have that. Do that as well. Yeah. 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 I mean, so what is the sponsorship? Just buying a couple of kits? G Unit, isn't it? I remember, I remember the, the clothing brand from my youth because off in the distance, people wearing that was like, does that say? Oh no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so is it so are the clothes G unit clothes then? Or they just no, they're you know, it's sneakers. A, it's a yeah, kit sponsor. They're not like they're right. Yeah, okay, sorry. I thought I thought he may have had a clothing line that he <laughs> ever that since he, he sponsored them. My goodness. Um, all right. It's just a vest. <laughs> it's just a vest and a gun. <laughs> vest and a gun and a big. <laughs> a big pair of trousers. Also, like, yeah, as you say, as you say, he's fifty he's, cents. Big pair of trousers. <laughs> it's very tight tank top as well. Tight <laughs> yeah. wide tank tops. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, as Jim says, like, he's quite an adult rapper. Yeah. One of those kids are like listening to candy shops. Not strictly about a candy shop. No, no absolutely right. He's, he is a disgrace. <laughs> uh, all right, let's take a quick break. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. 
Visit betterhelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. Chaps. Welcome back to the football <laughs> round, everybody. <laughs> Uh, that was Old McGinn, was wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Johnny McGinn. Um, uh, right, so we're going to start uh, with an email from Paul Hamley, who said, this question is very much for Marcus C. Speller to enjoy. Uh, well, I'll decide, Paul. Um, now that Gareth's beautiful, bo- uh, beautiful boys are in charge of La Liga and Bundesliga, who should we send to Italy and France to sort out their leagues? <laughs> so we are going to disrespect everybody, yeah, Jim. Really I are. like it. Mr. Blobby. Mr. Blobby. Yes. Bergerac. Uh, well, Bergerac's... In the Channel Islands. Leave him there. Well, he's accessible to Europe then, isn't he? We need someone just in that middle bit. (laughs) Okay, fine. Uh, Who would you say? I mean, we tried to send Joey Barton and then Joe Cole. to differing... uh, That's true. Well, we've got Andy Carroll in France, so that should sort itself out. But not in Ligue 1. Maybe next season. Yeah, but if you you know he's coming, you sort yourself (laughs) out, don't you? True enough. (laughs) Um, I think think most people in France are unaware of Andy Carroll being in their country. So, yes, who, who should we send? I mean, I... Italy... They, they, well, Tamori, I would say. He's out there representing. Mm. You know, you could say that. Ruben Loftus Cheek's gone out there, but I mean, Mm. we, I suppose maybe more Gareth Southgate stalwarts. Um, the land of great defending. Get Harry Maguire over there to show him how it's done. Yeah. You know, how about that? (laughs) The leaning tower of Maguire. Oh, Peter. Heading balls away from his defence right and what about France Jim who would you send to France well I think we've already got Andy Carroll there as you say mm-hmm. um, and I think you're unwise to, to disregard that so quickly who would we send to France Clarkson yeah there you are there we are <laughs> Jeremy Clarkson <laughs> Jeremy Clarkson <laughs> I was trying to think essentially who is the most Brexit footballer. But they're all managers, aren't they? <laughs> Get Big Sam Warnock. out there, actually. Warnock. Yeah. Come on, he's out of a job, isn't mm. he? There you are, you see. Uh, all makes sense, everybody. Right, uh, back on the domestic front. Uh, Birmingham City have sacked John Eustace. Um, this was uh, a slight surprise for some Birmingham fans. I think there's a bit of a mixed reaction, but some were uh, unhappy with this, certainly because he saved them from relegation last year. They're currently in the playoff spots. They had a decent win against West Brom uh, on the weekend, but it wasn't enough, and the Birmingham owners said that uh, that, that, that Eustace's uh, sort of vision and wants, if you like, for the club don't align uh, with theirs. But this does coincide... <laughs> the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, you want to win the league. Nah. We want to go up through the play. We want a day out of Wembley. <laughs> um, and but this uh, this coincides with Wayne Rooney leaving um, his post in in the states, of course. And Rooney is now being heavily linked to the job. He's set to earn three times more than Eustace, according to uh, reports. And um, Birmingham co-owner Tom Brady reportedly likes the idea of a famous football figure like Rooney joining his new project. This whole co-owner thing is like he's got a very small stake, hasn't he? Which allows essentially people to claim he's the the Essentially, the owner. Yeah, when he's not really. Yeah, so I mean, that ahead. that could just be paid. They basically talk. have his number in their phone. That, look, he's a mate. Yeah, we chat all the time. Exactly. Look at his <laughs> look at his funny WhatsApp photo. Yeah, I mean, what, what do you think? I mean, Rudy back in England managing Birmingham City. Obviously, people were impressed with what he did at Derby in very difficult circumstances. Yeah, yeah but it's. I mean, we we should really start from the the Birmingham City John Eustace side of it. Okay. Where you said that. You know, some people were upset about it. I think there was a blanket-wide right, so surprise it was, about it. Yeah. Um, and then, 
I think we, you know, with the what they call the Shelby Group, aren't they? The, this yeah. kind of the holding company, and we, you know, we we talked about this before on the show when this takeover actually happened, and someone, a Birmingham City fan, um, got in touch and said, actually, you know, the group is a bit more Birmingham aligned, mm-hmm. and like it might seem funny right. because mm-hmm. of Peaky Blinders, but that's um, it is funny. It's it's <laughs> you know, it's something that locally that has been taken to, and it is a sincere thing. Yeah, this is quite an insist, insincere moment, I'd say, in terms of getting rid of a guy who, regardless of what he did last year, mm-hmm. has got them in a pretty sound position now yep. in sixth, considering where a lot of bigger teams in the championship are at this at this point of the season. And obviously we know it's a, a league of great flux and whatever. But it does strike me as a bit like you would make the change now mm-hmm. because this is a solid position so someone could at least consolidate this or take it a bit further on. Um, and also you just want a name. Yeah. Because ultimately, this That's is what, what it, it comes from. Like, yeah, it? almost a stunt casting. Now, yeah, it's not like Rooney doesn't have any pedigree as a manager, but you wonder why. It's not um, great pedigree, though. Is no, it? no, but, but he you doesn't w- have a huge... why He's coming in now at all, especially yeah. on three times the salary. It all, it, it all feels a bit like laying the groundwork for a documentary, doesn't it? Yeah. That's, that's, oh, that's, exactly that's the reason why that's people exactly do this sort of thing. They, yeah. they, they found out um, that Rooney was coming because his son Kai started following a load of Birmingham footballers oh. on uh, on Instagram. People always give themselves away, People should they? be on leashes. I truly believe that. <laughs> Just <laughs> leave surely children like on the internet alone. before those two things. Just turn the internet off. Turn the internet off. Oh, why also why people are really doors. genuinely and I say this is someone who's quite active on Instagram people are dull as shit on Instagram mm. like, footballers especially <laughs> why are you follow, why do you need to follow them on Instagram I'll mm. see what's going on see what's going on <laughs> exactly uh, what's wrong with that? Um, oh, yeah I can't, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fucking actually go there yeah. do, do you do is there any footballers are there any footballers on Instagram that um actually exhibit any kind of humor because I'm always surprised at like the rest of John Cena is, is regarded as being very dull, um, very sort of safe hand kind of corporate um, mm-hmm. businessman. Um, but him on like Instagram, he's a bit of a shit poster, which I quite appreciate. He, yeah. he loves shit posting. Emerson Royale's really good. Yes, as we know, okay. He, he posts all kinds of interesting stuff. Jose Mourinho is brilliant as well. Mm, yeah. Mourinho's good, but I but think you kind of get a sense that they're done by committee and exactly, like, exactly. Yeah. Um, also good on Instagram and good on Twitter, Martin Darun. Uh, right, okay. Uh, Atalanta. Yeah. Very funny. All right. Oh, good one. There. G- genuinely very funny. Um, now, speaking of interesting owners at football clubs, an Australian businessman who um, he still is on a European gap year, isn't he? Mm. This chap um, who's decided to invest in Southend United. Uh, it saved the club, really. There's a, there's a consortium there. It was a fascinating story. He, I think that he was in um, Santiago de Compostela having just done the Camino out in uh, northern Spain and he saw what was happening with Southend United and being a big football fan. He went, well, this, this can't happen. This is a, this is a club with you know enormous history. He's been around for years. And uh, so Justin Rees, who made his money in corporate IT, um, got himself together with a five-person consortium and, uh, and, and boom, there they are at Southend. And Southend, I think they won on the weekend and... Was it on a Friday night they won or something and suddenly the whole situation's been turned round? If you want a documentary, Southend Airport is, can accommodate many private jets. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes, yes. I did, and I, they fly over my yeah. house every single morning. I tell you what, do we need more Aussies in football? Because on the, on the shores... <laughs> They're just helping it. Well so far. Yeah. Two Aussies that have come and, mm. and, and, and come to these shores to, to help out tactically I mean, and I mean, financially. I mean, to be fair, Southend United's protest was throwing a lot of rats onto the pitch or waving a lot of rats last night. Last, uh, Isn't that real, real, rats? real no, rats? No, 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 no. Rubber rats. Where do you get rubber rats at such scale? Yeah. And they're all identical models. I couldn't figure it out. It's quite impressive. Who got all rubber rats? <laughs> I'm, I'm still picturing people waving live rats. Yeah. yeah. Surely... Well. 
Oh, I don't want to start saying what people should. What if one of the rats, the one of the, one of the rats, got on one of the players' heads and like Ratatouille was really good at football? Yes. <laughs> and then they they got to the top flight. They got to the Premier got the League. Top flight because of Ratatouille, man, yeah. the footballer. Yeah, interesting. Like, What's that under your hat? Leave it. Goal. <laughs> <laughs> now, gentlemen, let us talk about the new four-part documentary Beckham. Beckham, which was released last week on Netflix. Have you seen it? I watched every last episode, and um, I think um, I think my partner was a little more part than I was about how footbally it was. It <laughs> ticked a lot of boxes footbally wise. It is a strange one, isn't it? Um, what what he's done with the documentary because, like you know, it, it it's, it's it's a it's, documentary about himself. So so when people say it's a PR exercise, well, inevitably, yeah, that that's kind of going to. It's called it's called Beckham. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So don't be too surprised. Um, the um, chap, uh, ah, what's his name? Fisher, who's Fisher Stevens. Fisher Stevens, who's um, in, played a brown man a while in, ago in Short Circuit. Yeah, mm. yeah. Is that who Fisher? Is that who he's talking all the time? Yeah. 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 Oh right. I mean, okay. Yeah. Not doing the accent, Pete. That's why he's you don't not... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's he's doing his American accent rather than astonishing bit of uh, yeah. yeah. But he, he, some of the comments he makes. I, I, I would say are very, very American. Yeah, now, I, I like America and I like American things. But when you're talking to David Beckham and I or Sir Alex Ferguson, or Sir Alex Ferguson, or yeah. Diego Simeone, or all these mm. these these sort of characters, Johnny Five, Johnny Five. <laughs> yeah, no, he used a very different accent for that. We should right, say okay. um, it is it is quite it is quite strange. But so okay, so the whole PR thing, obviously, that's going to be this blah 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 blah. But it's funny because I was thinking, who is this? Because at times I think, oh, is this more for an American audience? And then you think, oh, but there is a lot of football and there's a lot of mm. his former teammates, you know, Neville and Keane. And you think, and who is it for? And he literally says in the documentary, this is for my family. So they have like a record of my career. Kind of <laughs> Don't put on Netflix then. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah exactly. I um, mean, there's a lot. I mean, obviously it is a it is a puff piece and you, we judge it on those terms. I think it's yeah. fair to say. Um, but look at his there are few. There are, you know, a famous uh, accusation of philandering that... He, they're not really going to very well. Yeah. We really want, for want of a better phrase, a blow-by-blow account of that sort of thing. No, but I'm just saying that it is stark that that's one of a bit, the big stories and the big aspect of his life that was, you know, really problematic for that family. Yeah. And, you know, understandably, you don't want to give um, oxygen to it, but there is a certain thing of going, there's no denials and there's no... It, yeah. it was, I think it was stark that it was brushed over so quickly when... The distance between a, a, mm. a wife and a husband was mm. so much of that documentary, mm. which I think was very yeah. interesting. Yeah, but uh, part of me, when I finished, I thought they didn't reveal that much. Then, but at times I thought, oh, I didn't know that it was it. Yeah, mm. I, I, look, I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there was plenty of nineties nostalgia in this, so it's always going to be win me over somewhat. I think there is too much football, as, as um, Pete's but, partner said. There actually. is, there is, yeah. there is quite a lot of football. I mean, I thought the the, the episode they, they vilified Glenn Hoddle a lot. Yeah. So sort of to, to drill down to certain bits in, in yeah. the documentary, that there was a lot of chat around the sending off, of course, against Argentina in the ninety eight World Cup, because that was such a huge thing in his career and mm. has probably. Shaped him a bit, perhaps. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's an absolutely essential part of Brian Beckham because yeah. the the redemption arc mm. Um, yeah. absolutely cemented him as not just a star but a superstar, and, and, and someone I think who's to like, come back from that. Yeah, exactly. And I think, and I think, immediately the, interesting the treatment that he got, what and the treatment that England players got over the years. Why would you ever come back? Yeah. Why would you yeah. ever want to captain England? Why would you ever want to play mm. again for for that when you're treated that poorly for? You know, yeah. I mean, how old was he? Twenty two? Like yeah, he's 23, kicking out. I think. 23, he, 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 early twenties at the time. I mean, yeah, I think that that 
It goes into a um, a very very ugly sort of bit of national psyche. I would say it was more. Pre- I would hope and think it's more. It was more prevalent back then because I don't think a player would get anywhere no. near that now. Although people are talking about Harry Maguire and, and Beckham um, recently phoned Harry Maguire um, and 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 chatted to him, which Maguire appreciated. But I think the two are, are, are very, very different, different. Mm. and I think the abuse and the the the, the vile. Sort of almost like um, the effigies of him. Yeah, oh, that absolute and stuff. That's big slug bloke. Yeah, who's like hung an effigy outside his pub and couldn't understand why the police made him take it down. Yeah, yeah I, it's I, not. It's not mine. I borrowed it. I, Ridiculous, I, ain't it? Yeah. I, I sort of forgot Idiot. the level of abuse, but of course, when I was, you know, witnessing that, I was much younger. You know, you digest yeah. stuff differently then. Well, as so a you, teenager, we, we were hanging out in. Different, Don't say hanging out. We were we were hanging out in different places, weren't we? Whereas, like now, we'd see it because we'd be privy to it in a pub or something like sure. that. But at the time, I yeah, think it right. happens. We see it on the news. Yeah. You know, we like you know, I, I didn't really see too many front pages when I was you know walking around being driven to school. Of or course, whatever. Yeah. Um, But the thing did that, your driver not read them to you? <laughs> <laughs> Always a Financial Times. Um, <laughs> but the the thing that, that you've noticed. What, you know where we are now with Maguire is like the the way people join in to join in yeah. without actually having a strong opinion about the bloke, yeah, I, which is what was happening back then. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like sort yeah. of like common knowledge, wasn't it, that Beckham was a snake and he was this and that he'd cost us the World Cup and all that, etc. Cetera, et cetera. The, <laughs> the, the amount of leaps that you you had to do to think that he cost us a chance of winning that World Cup are ridiculous. Lost on pens. Lost on pens. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Score your fucking pens, dickhead. Yeah, and and, and, and the lionesses showed you how you do that, by exactly. the way, yeah, when, yeah. Uh, when, when, when James was sent off. But, but one of the things was around that, uh, Jim, about him being chucked under the bus and so on, by Glenn Hoddle, mm. the England manager. Glenn Hoddle, I, now this is, I find interesting. I thought it was a shame that Hoddle was not on the documentary to talk about it. Do you want to flesh it out a bit just for, because... I didn't Glenn Hoddle, England manager. Yeah, I, was, I didn't realise the scale of it until I watched the So Glenn Hoddle's England yeah. manager. Glenn Hoddle at the time, you know, obviously was quite young um, as an England manager then, very young. And there was always chat that Hoddle still thought he was the man in, in training mm. when, when, the, when they played. Hoddle was a great player. He felt that he was always slightly underappreciated, which he probably was, although I wasn't watching football at that time or was, was some of it wasn't even you know barely sentient um, but that was the feeling um, that he was this uh, flashier player obviously went off to play abroad and so on and did good things there blah de blah de blah he eventually ends up England manager of course a lot of people will know this and uh, he Beckham, bit of an ego he's got a bit, a bit of an ego had I would say because, and that's what I find a shame that he wasn't mm. on the documentary because Glenn Hoddle um, is I would argue passionately is a changed man. You know, you think about you know Jules obviously works with him. We know Jules and talks about you know he's a lovely fella and and, and everybody's. I have I met him ten years after this in two thousand and eight when I was a runner at Sky Sports, and he was the only one that would look you in the eye and talk to you and actually talk to you on your level and. People might say, well, obviously he's going to do that. Well, actually, in that environment, when you have Richard Keyes and all these dinosaurs around and, and some other ex-footballers, they didn't even they didn't even acknowledge you. So I thought it was really interesting that actually Hoddle came across as much more personable and friendly. Mm. Um, and and I think that, that after this whole episode, and of course he would then be uh, sacked, I think he was pretty, I'm pretty sure he was sacked, wasn't yeah. he, as England manager? Yeah. It wasn't a mutual thing, it was a sacking. Um, 
I think Hoddle massively changed because he was accused of being arrogant and 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 so on. And in training, you know, Beckham said in his book, <clears throat> it got to the point where some of the players he would join in in the sessions, and some of them would see how hard they could go in on him because he would sometimes say, you know, which is crazy, you know, um, but he wouldn't do that with Roy Hodgson. Um, but but some <laughs> you people get decked, <laughs> as we learned. <laughs> yeah, um, some people would say that the the or the reports were that Beckham would try and do something. He would go, no, David, you do it like this in front mm. of everybody because I think Hull probably saw a bit of himself in Beckham it well, certainly Beckham, was the other Beckham way around idolized him, yeah. he did yeah, idolise yeah. him yeah and so you had all that kind of stuff but I think Hoddle now is a very changed character and has been for many years well it sounds like uh, Marcus is very much Tim Hoddle on this mm. particular mm. well I wasn't back then I thought Hoddle handled right. it very very poorly and mm. he did when Beckham was talking about back then yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. That, that's that's he threw one of the bus and he was and Victoria Beckham makes a very good point he was a man David Beckham was 22. Yeah. He's a yeah. child. And, uh, and and he had to deal with the fallout. I mean, like... Shame mo- that Tony Adams didn't get a mention because he said, Beckham said uh, around that time, Adams was the only one who put his arm around him and then he said, Tony Adams was brilliant with me. Mm. When he walked into the dressing room or everybody walked in because he was in there already, they were gutted. And he uh, he said, I said to Alan Shearer, I'm so sorry, Alan. He said he didn't even look at him. You know, like the players were really, really pissed off. But Tony Adams was the one. Um, but I understand in a documentary... You, you, I can't cover every blade of grass. You yeah, know, kind of the, yeah. I, th- I think what was really stark for me, like uh, you know, I'm 42. You you are of an age where you're thinking about what kind of father you might mm-hmm. become mm-hmm. or the mm-hmm. one you would be. Um, and I think Beckham's relationships with Sir Alex Ferguson and his father. Um, I'm not a high functioning, uh, successful man, but obviously all of these men are. Well, if you're and not, I, what makes and that? If you're, I know exactly. I know exactly. But I, ju- I just sort of think that, like, I mean exactly, is <laughs> like watching this sort of Beckham sausage being made through the lens of his relationship with Sir Alex Ferguson and mm. his dad. Are successful male father son relationships quite fucking toxic? <laughs> like, it, it's, it was all High a bit and like fucking shit, and, wasn't it? It was yeah. all just. It wasn't even reward based. It was just like ignoring well, anything no, good you do no, the, and slating you when you do something well, bad. And I was just a bit like, do we really need to be fucking doing this? Well, the rule, the reward being not slated. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's yeah, it, is a, it, yeah it was just all a it's bit. An, it's difficult. an old-fashioned uh, approach, certainly. Yeah. It is, yeah. But like, do you do you, do you look at Alex Ferguson there and sort of go, oh, brilliant, or do you look at David Beckham's dad and go, brilliant, well, I'm glad think, that happened? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think to and, and he and when he loses these father figures Ferguson in football, and Beckham's. He's just he's just a bit listless and he's a bit kind of lost by his own admission. Yeah, I think that's why you get so one of the saddest bits in the documentary for me, and I, it was sad at the time, and I properly welled up when I watched it again, mm. is when he walked off the field at PSG. Yeah, when he retires. Yeah, and he talks about how he can't breathe for the five minutes mm. before because he's been told he's going to be taken off ten that's minutes right. before. Yeah, and he's and five minutes before the point where he's about to be substituted, he is basically hyperventilating because mm. he's so upset, and he mm. walks off. And he was, what, 37, I think, at the time? Yeah, yeah late 30s. Yeah, he's a child. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he walks off a blubbering child, yeah. and it like broke my heart to see him like that. Because also, you remember as well that football requires a lot of sacrifice. It requires basically, oh, yeah. you know, essentially a very difficult relationship with the people around you, including your parents. Mm-hmm. And despite all that he's achieved and all, you know, all the places he's been, all the things he's seen, he is broken by the fact that he can never do that again. Mm, that's mm. right. And and I, and I appreciate that it's because of the sacrifice and the love as well. But I think that really hit home that like even he's like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. even th- the guy who's done everything is like that. But well, when That's you said really there was, quite, 
harrowing in a way. When you said that I do that when I get uh, subbed at 11s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there's a sense, isn't there? <laughs> Thank you. David Beckham had a lot of injuries and a lot of different types of injuries as well. Mm. And the fact that how well, much he, he had a few. I don't. I think they're out of like, You know, he, he, I don't think his career would be defined. Snapped by that. Achilles and things like that. Yeah, but I don't think Achilles. towards the end of his career, you know, I, I, it's not the same as say I don't know, you know, Alan Shearer yeah. or somebody. And like I that. Did, didn't say it was. But leading into my point, which is that the idea that your body now can't handle something mm. that your brain is still sharp enough to do and that your passion mm. is still there for must be so so difficult. This yeah. Simply no escaping it because it is physically you. And could you imagine the the, the, the feeling, the, the emotions of that as you as you are kind of leaving the pitch in that final final motion? Yeah, and moment. I think it was. What it, I mean, you said there was too much football in it. From one point of view, I understand, but actually, I loved in particular the bit with Manchester United. Just everybody reminding themselves or being reminded what a what a player yeah. he was. I think yeah. that's crucial because there's this, there's a narrative around David Beckham from people that aren't necessarily that into football where they're like, oh, well, he wasn't actually that good, was he? He was a bit of a pop star footballer. Yeah. And I think it's good that the documentary makes the space to refute that. Yeah, I think I think you've got to get it right. I think, you know, when he goes to Real Madrid and he's a Galactico in that in that team, you know, Beckham didn't reach the heights of Zidane. I would probably say Figo, you know, was probably that touch better as well. You know, before Messi and Ronaldo, you had Zidane, Figo... Um, Ronaldo Phenomeno and, and, and a few other players Kakar a teammate would he have played with Qatar at Milan mm. possibly I'm not sure maybe gone by then um, but you had that bracket of players that had all sort of won the the world's best player in that and Beckham got close I don't think Beckham is, is in that bracket so I don't want to over-egg this and suddenly go, oh, he's you know an all-time great. He was a very, 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 very good footballer. He, he is in that bracket where Lampard and Gerrard and and and, and Skulls perhaps, uh, yeah, maybe Skulls people might a, a notch higher. Did you not? Did that not give that Galacticos era of Real Madrid when they go into it there? Did that not give you a real? or certainly gave me a real good insight into what being a top-level footballer, like, mm. and I mean like upper echelons top-level yeah. footballer was like. Yeah. Because now it's like, it seems quite individualistic, yeah? Yeah, I know what you mean. They were clearly all in it together. Yeah. So like, I, I know, you know, you talked about he did, he's not quite, he's definitely not a Ronaldo's level, definitely not a Zidane's level, as you said, Figo a bit higher. Mm. But they all kind of like identified with each other. Well, yeah. I think they knew... Like what... going out for a beer. Yeah. Even like, the other thing I loved, like an offshoot of this, I always had in my head that the rivalry with him and Figo was quite pronounced. No. No, not at all. No. Like, the way Figo talks about him on there, and obviously Figo yeah. says, you know, fuck it, I'm, I'm, I'm not giving this up for him. But Figo was almost like a, like a, 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 he often comes across as like an elder statesman of the game. Sometimes, yeah, because yeah. he looks not an elder fucking one Dan. Look at his chin. His yeah, chin's he's... got even more pronounced as he's gotten older. I forgot how elfish he looked as a player. <laughs> <laughs> a phenomenal player he oh, was. Speaking yeah. of elf, uh, elvish, like the ex-Manchester United uh, manager Ole Gunnar Solskjaer popping in every now and again, too. yeah, like a like a wise little wood elf. <laughs> yeah. nice. hello you know everyone. What? But that's <laughs> That's done I'm really charming. well. Uh -huh. the, the, the documentary makers um, have have done that really well because the first thing Gary Neville says is, I never really like nightclubs, which is per <laughs> the perfect <laughs> first thing to him to say. And the first time you see Roy Keane, he's, he's dunking a biscuit into some tea I'm, and that I'm seems incongruous. Yeah. It's really, really well made in yeah. quite subtle ways. There's a yeah. lot of like lovely little Easter eggs for the football fan. But I, I, I mean, this documentary, unfortunately, will lead to another generation of men thinking that they should shave their fucking heads. Mm. I did it when Beckham did it. Did you? I had it for 10 years. Doesn't work. Yeah. Don't do it. He's a bit like David Bowie, isn't he? There's lots of different eras just, of Beckham. Yes. And, his and he's just beautiful. And he, the, has anyone ever taken a bad picture of David Beckham? I'd like to find one. Yeah, his son, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, yeah. I, I, I just uh, just a few, a few points of. Uh, uh, can, can I just quickly say on Neville? Um, Gary Neville obviously the first first time you see him in the documentary 
he gets pelters from someone random in the street. <laughs> yeah, I and know. Like, yeah, we'll keep that in. The yeah. man cannot win. Yeah. Someone has to go at his scarf. But also, I, like, I have to say, um, what a good friend. Yeah. Yeah. M- yeah my, um, my girlfriend and I both thought that while watching it. We both made mm. the same point at the same time. It comes across so, so clearly, doesn't it? That <laughs> this is a really loyal guy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like when he talks about it and gets emotional in real time, and then you sometimes, you, you know, occasionally they flash back to. Gary Neville's press conferences mm-hmm. as a player where he's asked about Beckham and he answers them so well. Oh, yeah, yeah, he does. Like, w- genuinely, what a good friend he is. Gentlemen, there, let us move on from David Beckham, who is, of course, a retired footballer, to another retired footballer, Eden Hazard, retired oh. from football at the age of 32. We're saying goodbye to everyone, aren't we? we are. R.I.P. Booty Man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's been a free agent since leaving Real Madrid in the summer. Um, he has only played, what I think, what 70 appearances for Real Madrid in that time. He, he's in, kind in of came back from injury at really unfortunate times yeah. where Real Madrid had been quite good. But he's, he's had terrible got a lot injuries. of competition for his players. He was accused of being uh, a little bit out of shape when he turned up. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it, it, it's a bit of a shame that it, it didn't quite happen for him at Real Madrid. There was injuries, but there were accusations about his attitude and so on and so forth. Which I'm broadly okay with. I like it. And I, I think yeah. I kind of love that. I think, and I, and you know, this, so this shouldn't define his legacy. No, I mean, when you say you're okay with it, yes, for, for the bants and the lols, but I mean, if you have spent, you know, an, in a deal of up to 150 million on someone and they've, they're not really putting it in, you can understand. But you know, but, but is that, but you know what Real Madrid are like? They do this all the time. They did it with Gareth Bale, they did it with everybody. Like they do it with everyone yeah, who, doesn't, Bale's who, doesn't, well. who doesn't live and breathe football. I think that's that, That's the main thing. They, they, I think we're uncomfortable as football fans mm-hmm. with players who don't necessarily think that you know your life starts and ends with football. And, and you know, it's uh-huh. proven. Like, I think it's not helped by the fact he looks a bit like Tom Hanks' shitty son Chet. Yeah. And also, <laughs> he, he, and, and, oh, and clearly, there would have been like loads of cash on the table to go to mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia. And he's just went, nah, I'm all right, I'm done. And and I love that about him. And mm-hmm. and he was, for me, he was always that kind of, that, that Chelsea player where it made me feel a bit, oh, him and Juan Mata and Petr Cech, like, I like them, but they're Chelsea yeah. players. <laughs> I feel done. What you got against Chelsea? Need to go to confession, <laughs> father. <laughs> this I mean, penitent was, man needs to confess. He, I mean, Hazard, I have yeah. coveted a Chelsea player. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think Hazard, when he played... At Chelsea in the Premier League, it was like you know we had one of the stars of the game, the yeah. very best. It was if oddly, I think I I don't know if this is just just me, but I kind of forget him when I think of the, the sort of recent recent greats in, yeah. in the Premier League. Really, and when I'm quickly reminded, then I'm like, oh my goodness, I, no, it's my shame that I forget him. I'm not saying that he was forgettable. He was magnificent at Chelsea. No, I'm just surprised by that because there are so many highlight real moments. Also, just his. Mm. Like his touch, which obviously is you know the the building block of everything that he he mm-hmm. did really. But his first touch was always immaculate, yeah. and like mm-hmm. you know, Pete mentioned his ass at the start, and Yahya Toure. There's a great video of Yahya Toure and Declan Rice talking about how his ass was like a you know <laughs> special part weapon. of his suit. Yeah, it was a mm-hmm. special weapon. It helped him get around people. But also, you know, I think I'm thinking about the goal at, against Arsenal at Stamford Bridge and, mm-hmm. and various other things where he would just do, <laughs> and also the goal. In that one game that season, he turned it on against Spurs for Leicester City to win the league. Mm. But he he was actually those those moments were of great fluency, frequency. Sorry, throughout the season, mm. he was probably what if you're gonna if you're gonna really and truly build like the best technical eleven to have played in the Premier League. I think he's got to be in with a shout. Oh, really. definitely. I think that's it. I think he's. I mean, I mean, what a dribbler as well. Yeah, he had so much power to his game. Yeah, really. 
dominant for a forward player as well. Like he mm. had the sort of like had the kind of the power you might associate with a more defensively minded player, which mm. made him such a handful to deal mm. with. He didn't care. He could for go the off defensive. against defenders and just it well, was, he didn't, he, wasn't a mismatch. Yeah, he didn't care for the defensive side of the game too much, but you know, you could understand it, why. Because it was all forward facing. Yeah. I mean he was yeah, he, he he won everything other than the Champions League really at Chelsea. He would get a Champions League winners medal at Real Madrid, but I mean he didn't contribute too much to their campaign. So yeah, I think that in this country we have such a body of work for him that that's how he'll be remembered. Mm. I just think I think it's a shame perhaps in the wider context, certainly in in Spain, you know, that's they didn't see much of the Eden Hazard that we saw. But he is one of the best players that has played in, in the top flight in England in recent years. Like, make no mistake yeah. about that. Mm. And, you know, that is some accolade. Um, and to be crowned player of the season as well. Can, I know this sounds a bit of a stupid thing to say, but there are many, many great players who have played in the Premier League, who have had great longevity in the Premier League, who never won that accolade. To be crowned out of everybody and whatever individual um, awards people can scorn and scoff at them, for someone to say, no, you've been the best this season is, is, is quite something. So, yeah, it's, he, even though he's not been really in the football world for a little while, I think he, I think he will be missed. Mm. Um, so, so there we are. And that's the note we're going to finish on today, everybody. Thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble, part of the ACAST Creator Network. Patreon subscribers, don't go anywhere. Keep listening for Ramble Uncut. If you're not signed up yet, get over to Patreon by hitting the link in the show notes. And big news, everybody. You can now access and download all of our ad-free shows and bonus Patreon content on Spotify, so there is absolutely no excuse not to sign up. And of course, follow us on Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram at Football Ramble. And don't forget to subscribe on your podcast app. Thank you, Jim. You're welcome. Thank you, Petey. Ta-ta. Thank you, Vichy. Thank you. And thank you, David Beckham. See you soon. The Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.